0: Connected. Being disconnected. This is our third week. This is the last time we're going to talk about being disconnected. I don't like talking about negative stuff, and that's enough of it. Three weeks is enough. But do you remember, even Jesus got disconnected from God hanging on the cross when he was identified with our sin. He says, Lord, Lord, why have you forsaken me? Sin separates us from God. Sin separates us from God. It even says that he that sin causes God to hide His face from us. We saw that two weeks ago from Scripture. But even though sin is one way to disconnect, another way to disconnect is idols. And if you remember, idols in your life aren't necessarily bad things. They can be good things in and of themselves. It's not always these blatant sins like alcoholism or doing drugs or pornography, these big things that we know are wrong and know are sin. But even money can be, a, can be an idol. Money is not bad. The love of money is bad. Food can be an idol. TV can be an idol. Uh, as goofy as this may sound, sound um, I, have, I have been running a lot, and even running can become an idol for me. It obsesses my mind, either in the negative or the positive. Who has control of my mind? It doesn't mean it's not bad for me to think about certain things. But does it control me? Does it have that top spot in my life when I get up, when I go to sleep? What has the top spot? And that should only be God. So, idolatry. A.W. Tozer says that idolatry is simply worship directed in any direction but God's, which is the epitome of blasphemy. What are we worshiping other than God? In your life, we talked last week about identifying idols in your life. And some of them are so easy to identify because of unhealthy attractions, self-destructive behaviors, or a besetting sin that has become a driving force in your life. It causes you to feel out of control, indulging beyond what you know is right. Down deep, you know when you're, when you're falling into that, you know you're going in the wrong direction. You just can't stop. Can anybody relate? The Apostle Paul says, I know what's right to do. I just can't do it. The Apostle Paul. So if you're struggling, welcome to life. You're not damaged goods. You're not messed up. You're alive. And you are battling that flesh and and spirit thing. And it is a battle. Last week we looked at some steps for identifying your idols. Go back and listen to that. But Christ deserves to be at the top of the list, the center of our lives, first place in all things. Let me ask you, church, are there any idols in your life, any habitual sins, any bad habits standing between you and your commitment to Christ? I don't know that this was an idol in my life, but I can even say that church sometimes can take the place of God in your life and you think you're on the right track. Church does not take the place of Jesus Christ. Church is a part of the body for us to serve in the kingdom of God. But when church steps above your relationship to Christ and Him being first in your life, something's wrong. Now, is church bad? That, that sounded like a hard question for you. Is church bad? No. It as Joe McGee says, it is the most powerful thing on this earth. Because the same spirit, the same one, just like Jesus, is in you. And when we come together, it's more than it's, it's multiplying power. There is so much power in this room. One can put a thousand to flight. can put 10,000 to flight. What can 200? Do it, God. Here we are together. We're all together for one reason, and that is for you, Holy Spirit. For you, Lord. Move in our city. Move in our hearts. Move in our kids. Move in our schools. Move in this church in Jesus' name. Move in this place, Lord. So, What is in place of God? Um, I want to just go ahead and say again, we're going to burn some more idols. We burned some last week. That was awesome. You guys kept coming up here, and I'm telling you, I was a nervous wreck up here watching this bowl on fire. Uh, I, I really was, just standing over it saying, Lord God, the last thing we need is for someone to say we're burning stuff on the altar, and we burn the church down. But get out, your, get out the little uh, offering. We finally found a good reuse for these little offering cards. <laughs> you know what? If it gets you free, praise God. What's it going to take to get you free? Because the price has been paid. Let me go back to what Randy Dalton talked about. $10,000 a week. That may sound like a lot, For my first five to seven years as senior pastor of this church, we averaged over $10,000 a week every week for years. It is not some unbelievable number to meet. It's a $500,000 budget. That's what our budget is. So we can do that. That is not something to be overwhelmed with. It's something to look at and go achieve. That's a mountain we've got to climb. Let's go climb it. Let's build this building debt-free. and Man, let's get on to the next thing. Finances are not supposed to be a hindrance. Not in your life, not in the church's life. All right. All right. So, what needs to be removed? Go ahead and write it down. Get it ready. Today, we're going we're to talk about destruction of idols. David, after he was in a battle with the Phil- Philistines... After they defeated the Philistines, Scripture says that David ordered that all the idols be burned in 1 Chronicles 14. About 400 years later, King Josiah dealt with idolatry by smashing all the idols associated with pagan worship. Both were God's prescribed methods for dealing with uh, idols um, as laid out in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 3. Let's go there. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 3. You shall tear down, who shall? You, your idol, you shall tear down their altars and dash into pieces their pillars and burn their pillars and burn their ashram, or false gods, with fire. You shall chop down the carved image of their gods and destroy their name, out of that place. Nothing left of them. You know, so many, I think that probably all of us have experienced this one time or another, where we walk an aisle, we pray a prayer of repentance. When we come to Christ, parents um, of those children that got baptized today, um, adults that were baptized today, y'all listen to me. Repentance is not a one-time deal. You are not all repented up. You are at this moment, unless you just got out of the water and then did something wrong but repentance i was saved again at five at five o'clock at five years old and i have sinned since then repentance is a lifestyle every time the holy spirit convicts me of sin he is inviting me to repent That's why Martin Luther began his 95 theses by stating that all believers are to live a life of repentance. I would encourage you to make it a daily thing. Don't risk it. Don't risk walking around with your sin. Repentance is a recurring theme throughout David's psalm. In Psalm 38, he's simply saying, I confess my iniquity. I am sorry for my sin. David knew that he could not conceal his sin from God. Psalm 69 says, Oh God, you know my folly. The wrongs I have done are not hidden from you. Church, he already knows. Don't play a game. Why hang on to it? Why would you do that? After David's affair with Bathsheba, he penned the 51st Psalm where he took full responsibility for his sin. He didn't make excuses or blame anyone else. He owned up to the fact that he, of his own doing, offended a holy God. And then David pleaded to change him. David pleaded to God. True repentance is taking ownership, not blaming someone else, not claiming to be the victim. It is taking ownership. Have you ever heard someone say, own up to what you did? True repentance owns up to what you did. It's not just saying, I'm sorry, so that you can just get out of the conversation. It's owning it. It's taking it to God and saying, God, I have no excuse. I did that. I'm not trying to justify it. How many of you know a lot of times we can justify our sins? And the dumbest thing is we try to justify them to God. Not smart. Not smart. Owning up and moving on. Psalm 5110. I love this. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Would you pray that? Father, create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. What a prayer. David, a man after God's own heart. David got it. David didn't didn't walk the earth with no mistakes. He walked the earth with many mistakes. But he understood God and he understood himself. And he understood where he fell in that relationship. God was God and he wasn't. And how much he needed God. And he's the king. Everyone bowed down to him. And those that didn't bow down to him, he killed. He was a warrior. But he came under the authority of God. Whew, it's good. Okay, so destroy them. Let's do some burning again today. Once you've identified your idols, once you've burned them, once you have, and we try to stay clear of them, what do we do? The problem is a lot of times these things take such a large part in our hearts. If we remove them, we've got an empty spot. It has to be replaced with something. My time, my thoughts have to be replaced with something. Paul said it straight out in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He said, therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Everybody say flee. 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 It's kind of a weird word. If there was a fire, what would you do? Flee. I'd flee. Run! Fire! Fire! Men, don't push the women out of the way. Help the women get out. But run! Do you know that sin and idolatry in your life is a fire trying to consume you and take you to hell as, long, as well as everyone else around you? And if you can identify some of these things in your life, Scripture says run from them. Run, flee. It's not a good idea to dabble in sin. Don't mess with it. Don't mess with it. 1 John chapter 5 verse 21 says little children keep yourselves from idols. Now, if we go back to the scripture Paul just gave us and then this scripture here, who is doing the moving? Us. It's saying, you flee. Little children, keep yourself. Now, what does that tell me? That tells me that whatever idol, whatever sin I'm challenged with, little children, keep yourselves. It means I can keep myself from doing that. I have the power within me because the same power in me is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. That power is in me, which means I can keep myself From sin. You're sitting here struggling today saying, I can't get free. I want you to know something. You can. Uh, I'm going to mess this quote up terribly, but I read a quote this week. Elizabeth has come across a lot of great quotes, and the quote was, whether you think you can do it or you can't do it, you're right. Whether you think you can or can't do it, you're right. I want you to know, Scripture tells me that whatever you're facing, whatever I'm facing, I can get out of it. And that Christ is enough. I may need help, I may need support around me, but Christ is enough. Now, the way that Christ gives us the power sometimes is through the church, is through your neighbor, is through your spouse, is through people. But regardless, Christ will provide you with everything that you need to get out of it. But you have to keep yourself. You have to run from it. You have to flee. Submit to God. Our part. Resist the devil. Our part. Have you ever had a child trying to get away from you? They'll get away. Have you ever even had a baby? A baby that's just learned to walk, and you're holding them, and they want out, they'll just go, And try their best to weasel out. They straighten up and, you know, and all of a sudden they're slipping out of your hands. What are they doing? They're resisting the parent. They want down. Submit to God, our part, get the word in you, get around Christians, get around the Spirit of God, resist the devil. That tells me you can. He's not strong enough to keep me in that hold. Then he will flee from you. He will flee. I would like him to flee. Okay, if I want Satan to flee, I've got two instructions. Submit and resist. Stop, drop, and roll. Submit and resist. Sounds too easy. It, it is. It's so easy. God's way, He has made it easy for us. He hasn't said that we have to go climb Mount Everest, even though we could do that. How you think, whether you can or you can't, you're right telling you, the Lord is just showing me to start believing for bigger things because we are capable of bigger things. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. I'm running late. Let's get going here. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Who? You. You. Praying this prayer all the time, God, get me out of this, and God, get me out of that, and God, make this person go away, and make that person go away. And God's like, whoa, you. My word is for you. You. I've given you the power. Wouldn't you love to wake up in the morning and your problems just be dead? You just get up and there they all just dead on the ground. Yeah, God, do that. Yeah. And then I'll go pick up all the plunder. Yeah, that's the part I want to do. I want to wake up in the morning and all my problems are gone and gold and money and food and good health and everything's just there for me. No, God says, I've given you the power for victory. Part of the fun is the victory. There is something about starting a race and finishing it. But I can never finish a race if I don't start. Michael Jordan said, I've missed... So many thousands of shots. I've been given 26 opportunities to take the last second shot in the game to win it that I've missed. But it was those times that made him the man that he is. Wayne Gretzky said, I've missed 100, I've not made 100% of the shots that I've not taken. You miss every shot. You never make that shot that you don't take. Shooters have to shoot and keep shooting. I'm ready to charge a hill. How about you? Psalm nineteen thirteen. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Run. Matthew 3, 8. Bear fruit... Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. One way to bear fruit? Repent. Where are you guys? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. How do I bear fruit? One way? Repent. True repentance is action. Leaving your idols behind is a sure sign of a changed heart. Repentance and fleeing idolatry bring glory to God. Every time we say no to sin, renounce bad habits, or die to selfishness, it is an act of worship. It does not come naturally. You are giving something up for a reason, and that is for Christ. That is worship. With that in mind, is there any sin that you need to cut off? Any bad habits that you need to stop? Are you dabbling in anything that is turning you away from God? Ask the Lord to give you strength and to part ways with any idol in your life. Now, so we identify them, we smash them, and we burn them. We run from them. Now we're left with one more thing to do. Replace them. It's not enough to flee and Repent. It's not enough just to burn them. We've got to replace them. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. What's that saying? It's saying we've got to flee and then pursue. What I, what I believe that's saying is we're, get, we're running from one and we're replacing. We're running from one. We're running from this problem. We're going to pursue to refill, to be filled back up with righteousness, faith, love, and peace. We've got to replace them. Galatians 5, 16. I love this one. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You pursue God you will overcome your challenge. That's truth. Pursue God. Walk with God. Now, it doesn't mean you're not going to fall down. You're still going to have challenges. But when you face those challenges, you will overcome. God is faithful to his word. I want to encourage you. Try it. As Randy Dalton talked about in Malachi chapter 3, try me now in this. Try the Word of God in your life. Try the Spirit of God. Walk with the Spirit and see that your challenges, that you, that you overcome your challenges. You will. We are more than conquerors. I love to finish. Part of my whole desire of running is not to exercise. It's not to get my heart right. It's not to be healthy. It's to finish. It is my personality. I want to finish. I get such a gratification of finishing. Paul talks about finishing the race. Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. These idols you think are giving you your desires. If you will delight yourself in the Lord, God will give you the desires of your heart. Do we serve a great God? He is a great God. Delight in the Lord, draw near and have fellowship with him. It's an intimate relationship. Now, as I close, I just want to give you a couple ways of of helping you to get free today. And one of the greatest ways to get free of a stronghold is to go to the cross. Is to take that stronghold to the cross. And as, as we close this morning, and I just open up this altar to true repentance, to burning of idols, to, Justin, if you don't mind, if we don't have a better way of doing it, get that bowl back out here and let's Get ready to, to smoke some idols. Elizabeth said, that smoke's bad. No, we're going to. That smoke's bad. That sounds bad. Sorry, I've got smoking on the brain. We're going to burn some idols. But would you just pray with me just for a moment as, I, as I, I just try to give you some action words, some action ways of being able to get free. We just go to the cross, Jesus, right now. Mm-hmm just say, thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for me. Help me to remember, Jesus, that I am dead to that sin and you are alive in me. We sang that this morning. You are alive in us. Nothing can take that place. You are all we need. Your love has set us free. Jesus, thank you for the cross. You have conquered sin. So render this idol in my life powerless. Give me the strength to say no. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a steadfast spirit in me. Father, I just ask you right now, Holy Spirit, I just ask you right now to come and to speak into every heart, into every mind, into every spirit, and identify these things that are challenges in our life. And right where you sit, church, you can just say it under your breath. You can say it out loud for all I care. You can write it down on an offering note or whatever post-it note you have. And give it to the Lord. Do not leave here with that. It's time to do some, some, some smashing, some burning, some fleeing. And, Lord, I just ask right now, as we just say these out of our mouth, as we write these on paper, that, Lord, that we pursue righteousness and peace and joy and love and hope. That we would walk in the Spirit and that we would overcome the challenges that we have. Church, move in faith this morning. Move in faith this morning. Let the Lord have these. He has already paid the price for them. Let Him have them. If you guys would stand up with me, if you need prayer for any reason, if you've got such a stronghold in your life that you need someone to agree with you, we want to pray with you. You may have a health issue. I want you to know that Scripture says, if you're sick, call for the elders of the church we would lay hands on you and that the sick would recover. That is scripture. Let us lay hands on you this morning. Let's get free of that illness. What is your need today? What is your need today? Let the Lord know it. Make your request known. We want to pray with you. Maybe you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Step out today. Let us pray for you to receive Jesus as we sing.